Hi, my name is Mark. I've been working professionally as a web developer since 2009. I got started by making tiny HTML snippets for pay-per-click ads, and my responsibilities have grown tremendously since then. I've got my gripes about this profession, rest assured. I've had my headaches from working with Prototype and Scriptaculous, mucked with no conflicting that alongside jQuery, been weary about what's really inside of NPM packages, and I've been through my fair share of browser wars too. I remember when things were perfect at 960 wide, only to have this thing called responsive web design take foot. Then came progressive web apps and a gnarly series of point flips on if I should be using React, Vue, or Angular. That said, the evolution continues and my enthusiasm remains. I'm doing what I can one keystroke at a time, and I'm good with that. Recording out of North County, San Diego, I'm here to help put my city's digital savants on the forefront, talk tech, and find the proper moments of rest before burnout becomes a reality. So sit back and enjoy these next few minutes, and welcome to All Web SD. Meet my working soul. My Working Soul is a unique business and career resource offering targeted full cycle support for career professionals, entrepreneurs, and leaders. Today we'll be talking with Corinne Ishio, My Working Soul founder and CEO. Corinne is an accomplished people leader with a background in talent acquisition, entrepreneurship, communications, and networking. She got her start recruiting in the highly competitive tech industry in San Diego and was inspired to pursue entrepreneurship after her experiences supporting startups in the emerging cannabis, e-commerce, and online media industries. Passionate about empowering the growth and development of others, Corinth's authentic capacity for seeking out the talents of each working soul is limitless. Her appetite for building strong relationships with people from all walks of life has connected humans to organizations and inspired opportunities and thrilling business growth. A writer and voracious reader, Corinne is interested in a wide range of topics, from Victorian literature to the implications of artificial intelligence in a digital economy. Imbued with a natural passion for communication, Corinne is currently studying several languages, including Japanese, Spanish, and Tagalog, honoring her multicultural Japanese, Filipino, German, Irish heritage and her native San Diego. In her spare time, Corinne enjoys entertaining her cat Zelda and practicing vinyasa yoga while promoting the spirit of what she calls professional optimism engaging with others to spark positive change, surface new opportunities, and encourage self-empowerment. Hey everyone, and welcome back to allwebsd.com. It's been a while since I've actually been on the microphone because I've been head down coding, doing stuff, doing stuff, and doing stuff. But today, I'm joined by a special guest, friend, and colleague, Corinne Ishio. If I'm butchering your name, please tell me now, am I? <laughs> Ishio? Um, you know, I go by Corinne. I go by Corinne, Corinne Ishio. <laughs> I want to hear I go by friend. I like friend too, but <laughs> I want everyone to know how to uh, yeah. definitely say your name correctly first to last. So this awesome. is this is Corinne, and tonight, today, whenever you are hearing this podcast, we are talking about Meet My Working Soul. And I'm here today to unpack this with my friend who is here local to San Diego. So heads up, anyone in the San Diego community, feel free to outreach after the fact. And I'm really here to unpack, again, Meet My Working Soul. Sorry for sounding repetitive, but really that's what it's all about. So hello, friend. How are you today? I'm awesome, Mark. How are you? I'm very good. Loaded question is how are you today? And that's, really, <laughs> that's, that's, that's generally hard for some people. Sometimes it's easy. For me today, it's easy because this is a fun conversation to have. Um, awesome. <laughs> before we get into it, 
actually, let's get into it because this conversation evolves about is evolving about passion, involving, excuse me, about passion. And this is one of your passion projects, passion careers, passion choices, if you will. Um, meet my working soul, and we'll we'll get into it. Myworkingsoul.com for everyone out there, right then and there. That's what it's all about. Um, and we're going to talk about it today. So, in a nutshell, if the elevator door was closing between you and I, right here, right now, what does my working soul do? Great question. <laughs> As the elevator doors are closing. Um, I'll let you know that My Working Soul is here to empower you. Um, there is definitely a lot of pivotal things happening in the world of work today. Um, we're experiencing something really significant, which is what they term the great resignation. Mm. People are really taking stock um, about what they do for their career, um, what it means to be an employee, and also what it means to be an employer. So My Working Soul is a vehicle meant to facilitate this shift in the workplace, um, benefiting both sides of the equation, employers and employees, and championing a full cycle resource that's all about empowerment for both sides of the picture. Why are we orienting ourselves around the Great Resignation, though, if I may ask? The Great Resignation is just one out of many recent shifts in the world of work, but this definitely goes way beyond just the last year or even a post-COVID world. Um, this is a shift that's been happening, I venture to say, over the last 10 years, especially in the last five years. Mm -hmm. uh, the talent shortage in our country is a big indicator of this, but also the rise of the gig economy. Um, so that's kind of where the germination of these ideas started to come about, is just witnessing that evolution of work over time. But especially in a post-COVID world, I think it's accelerated the process even more so. So your services are designed to coach an individual or an organization's way through this dynamic set or these modern day, how do I say this, modern, modern day career um, patterns that are, that are here, 2021 onward. Yes? About these yes. Days? Okay. Very fair. The thing about it is with my working soul and the way to create a connection to it as an individual or an organization, I kind of need to know, me here, just speaking as an ambitious career person and a gig person as well, I used to do Lyft um, on the side just for fun. That lasted for a few months. Um, but either way, you know. <laughs> that's I, a longer story. <laughs> yeah, that's a different podcast altogether. Um, but you could, I could tell in some way, shape, or form, I somehow fit the criteria for your services for my working soul. And, it, you know, to what degree is unknown at this point. But to the audience out there in particular, um, the San Diego Tech Hub uh, communities that I showcase the audio out to, what could you possibly provide them um, in this case? I love that question. Um, I love answering it. Hopefully we're still in the elevator. Um, <laughs> oh, the elevator is like really slow, so don't worry. Good. Okay, we have time. Awesome. Yeah. And, you know, I would say there's a lot of different ways that I could support the Tech Hub community in specificity. Um, I think the most obvious way um, that speaks to my background is I'm a recruiter. Um, I come from the world of talent acquisition. So I know all about that connection process of connecting great talent to amazing opportunities. But alongside of that, I want more for everyone, but also especially for your audience. Um, I want to empower them to pursue the dreams and the opportunities that they've always been passionate about, whether that's starting their own podcast, 
um, starting their own FBA Amazon side business. <laughs> I uh, think that there's so many brilliant people in tech right now, and sometimes you're really limited by that one nine to five job that you're working. Let's mm-hmm. expand our possibilities. Let's think about the other half of your life. Um, and it should benefit you too. You should get some income from this. So mm-hmm. I can support in that empowerment process, whether you're just someone looking to find your next role you need interview coaching help, you need to completely redo your resume. I have a very specific proprietary process for that. But I'm also here to take you through that journey, moving you out of that employee mentality, if that's your dream, um, and bringing you maybe even into the entrepreneur seat. Employee to employer, I kind of want to do a context switch on purpose, because I know that your programs are definitely in service to both. Um, and obviously each of which are unique. Um, I kind of want to hear it from this level of the employer perspective, and I'm pretending to be one right now, and I'm freestyling it, right? Um, <laughs> everything that you have to offer in terms of my working soul, are you ever met with some resistance when providing input to your clients, especially on the executive leadership channel? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, well, let's, let's, let's pretend again. I am the CEO. I'm the big boss. I'm the big kahuna of allwebsd.com. I, I employ you for, for your services. However, you know, I'm just, I'm a little over the top, if you will. And I'll just leave it at that. Have you ever <laughs> been met with that type of, um, I don't know if disagreement is a word, but I'm uh, not seeing eye to eye or of that Growth nature. Growth challenge. Yeah. Growth, Growth challenge. challenge. Yeah. Is that the <laughs> That's the umbrella support? Ghost challenge? <laughs> That's the Yeah, <laughs> that's the my yeah. working soul ism for it. Okay. Um, but yes, absolutely. Um, and I'll, I'll start off by saying that I embrace those challenges with my clients because if we didn't have those hard conversations, then mm-hmm. we wouldn't be growing. Then we wouldn't. There would be no point in engaging me to support you. Um, when people bring me in to support them, the whole crux of the relationship is all about change and benefit for you as an individual working soul yourself. Mm. Um, so I always step into all of my client relationships with an open mind because a lot of people, especially employees, I think, don't realize how hard and challenging it is to be a business owner um, in the state of California, no less, <laughs> with all our yeah. HR regulations. Oh. Um, So it's always an open conversation. It's never something that's meant to be a dichotomy or causing separation. Um, I always have a supportive ear, um, and I'm very supportive to employees and employers. Um, But ultimately, nobody engages my services if they want to stay in the same place that they've been for five years, 10 years, 20 years. They engage my services because they believe in possibilities for the future. And that, you know, in essence, involves hard conversations. Um, But it's all about being diplomatic and leading with respect. Um, And I think that's a special skill set that I bring to the equation is my ability to be a pragmatist and to help people see the path to the goal that they have in mind. Um, And ultimately, that's the most meaningful work to know that you help someone go from step A to step B to step D. (laughs) I think really like in your assessment and all the handshakes you've ever made over time, um, this includes just your general working process plus uh, my working soul. What would you say are the common reactions, behaviors, patterns, uh, resistance that you see client to client, individual to individual? What, what is that? Uh, I ask this now so I can solve for it myself. So I'm pretending right now I am an intrigued client. So 
So what, 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 what is the common human behavior, if you will, of resistance and stubbornness and things like that? Can you, can you yeah. share? Please don't throw any names under the bus. <laughs> I love this question, too, because um, it gets to the crux of what I love about my work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's, and it's helping people. And I think that's kind of where I bring my, my coaching, my executive coaching background into the forefront, mm-hmm. because it's all about leading with compassion and leading with a listening ear. I won't name names, so name redacted here. (laughs) Um, But I I do have one client um, who is a a brilliant person, brilliant, like absolutely brilliant subject matter expert times, you know, 10 uh, with what they do. Um, But this person's very risk averse. Um, This person is really concerned about security and safety and making the right choices. Um, That happens a lot with technically savvy people that are really talented on the tech front or whatever their expertise is. Sometimes they don't always have that soft skill or those people skills. And I think the number one reaction that happens is defensiveness. And mm. all cops, all cops do it. I've been defensive before. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. Yeah. Sometimes that happens before real change. But uh, for this client of mine, they needed to really level up and own their title as CEO. But that was hard to do because the day-to-day was so challenging. Um, a lot of entrepreneurs can feel like hacks and have imposter syndrome because you're just grinding every day, and you're like, am I a CEO? Um, And it was a really sensitive issue we had to bring up because it was on the topic of personal branding and representation. And for women in particular, that's really, really tough. Um, Really, all of us, especially in the social media era. Um, So there was a delicate way in which we had to create a link and say, what do we want? We want more money. (laughs) How do we get some more money? Mm -hmm. This is the pathway. Step one get a new headshot. Um, so that was one of the, the, the sensitive issues. Of course, there's defensiveness, there's excuses that we put in front of that for why we don't want to do that, shouldn't do that. But, you know, I'm going to hold your hand through all of that and I'm a safe space and I'll validate you and I'll let you know that I went through that as well and I'm here to help you. Um, so that's one example off the top of my head. <laughs> well, speaking of risk averse, because I don't know who that client is and it's none of my business and it's no one else's business, but I'm going to full disclosure right now. I am tech savvy, per se, plus or minus a CT stroke. Um, but also, too, like I kind of share in this person's uh, sentiment about being risk-averse to a certain extent, and that's my own personal story for my own personal reasons. But irrespective of that, that, that is very much there, risk-averse, risk if you will. Um, how does that become a problem, actually, just altogether. I can see it uh, from a from a from a very vanilla surface level, I guess I could see where that's a problem. It's because if you're risk averse then you're not growing. That's the obvious thing. But really what 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 do you see as like the underpinning triggers for being risk averse from your clients? Mm-hmm. Great question. Um and I, I'll clarify a little bit and say sure. that I don't see being risk averse as a weakness, I see that as a strength. I'm risk averse. (laughs) I think most of us are. Um, I think in the context of being an entrepreneur and starting your own business though, that's when it can start to be a roadblock because the crux of starting a business is putting yourself out there and taking risks and it's very uncomfortable. I'm doing it right now with you, (laughs) but it's not uncomfortable, it's fun. Um, So it's, it's really just helping someone make that shift 
to believing in themselves and feeling empowered and realizing that, yes, we do all have to take calculated risks sometimes, um, but that doesn't mean that you can't prepare for it um, and be really supported and, you know, think about all the things you should do. So it's kind of a double-edged coin because most of the time, risk averses a strength. (laughs) Okay. All right. I see that. All right, many more questions. I told you right before we started that I had a few. I'm not shooting from the hip. If it it feels like I am, it's probably because I'm really intrigued by uh, something you said, Um, (laughs) especially the risk-averse part. That one kind of hit home for me. But, but, you know, again, that's a a different happy hour altogether. Um, (laughs) So I I guess my next question would be passionate about growth and development, and that's absolutely fair. But I got to ask you a really personable, personal kind of question as to how, why, what compels that virtue about you to do this for my working soul? Mm-hmm. I love there's, that question. There's got to be something. There's got to be one or two things I can get out of you here that you're willing to say. <laughs> hey, I wake up in the morning every day to do my working soul 24-7. I eat, sleep, breathe my working soul because of this. And I need to know Mm -hmm. why. And I don't have Why is that? You know, honestly, it's a great question. I ask myself that when I'm on the verge of burnout. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm really tired. And I'm like, why? What what is it? (laughs) Why am I doing this? Um, and, And it's a very open answer. The first one I will say comes from the fact that my working soul is my working journey personally. Um, And a lot of this has to do with my personal evolution to becoming an entrepreneur, supporting clients, building businesses, watching them succeed and flourish. Um, But I think the number one thing, not to, you know, throw you a red herring with the first part of that, (laughs) but the heart of it is (laughs) that it's really meaningful when you watch people that you respect, that you love, that you care about succeed and obtain those dreams. Um, watching people transform from being people that maybe don't believe in themselves to being people that are super empowered. And I'll I'll touch really quickly on one part of it, which is um, as a recruiter, I started out in construction staffing. Um, I didn't start out in tech. That was, you know, later on in my story. But I started out in construction staffing, also doing like, you know, fulfillment associates for Amazon so those, that's a talent pool that doesn't always feel empowered. That's a talent pool that usually is never contacted by recruiters or career coaches in the way that, say, a software developer would be. Um, and so part of what is embedded in my working soul is connecting that type of talent pool to these new, younger startup businesses that are looking for that person, that number one employee who's going to be so grateful for the opportunity Um, so that is part of my work as like a human being that's really important to me. And so even though I'm really tired sometimes and I totally would love to go to sleep or just chill and not, you know, be working, you know, 60 hour weeks, that's what makes it meaningful is the person that comes back to you and says, you know, you really, you changed my life. Um, I didn't believe in myself before. Uh, that is what keeps me going. I wish I had a champagne flute because that deserves a cheers but I don't. Hey, I have a Perrier. There you go. <laughs> That'll That's during business hours. I like that. All right. Mm-hmm. Keeping it classy. There you, go. there you go. Another question that I find 
that's not yet yeah, is another question obviously i have a bunch of questions for you that's why you're here come on mark yeah, yeah. Uh, my work <laughs> something i found really unique to your offerings is that you orient yourself a lot with yoga and the philosophies of that of course the question is why so yeah that's part one part two of the question is how why yoga as part of the integration and the solution part of your solution set for my working soul why and how? How does that work? How does the egotistical CEO of All Web SD, Mark Reyes, fit into this bill? You know, <laughs> what, what does yoga provide here? If, yeah. I'm so glad you asked that, Mark. And oh, I'm going to get you in a <laughs> in a downward dog one of these days. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's a threat. All right. Wait I love for it. it. Okay. Um, but it is. Why, yeah. Why What's going on with that part of the portfolio? Yeah, such a great question. Love that you asked it. And it's definitely not the, you know, first thought in someone's mind when they think, oh, someone's coming from a recruitment background. Okay, yeah. yoga. <laughs> Where does that come from? Mm -hmm. um, but it was very conscious. And I think, you know, ultimately, I will say that I, I see yoga not in the conventional way that most people think of it in the West, which is exercise. Um, I don't expect everyone to be into yoga. Um, spoiler alert, there are a lot of close people in my life, cough my boyfriend, that do not do yoga. <laughs> so I'm aware that the physical practice, um, the asanas, that's not always approachable to everyone. And I would never want to, you know, force anyone or pressure anyone to do that if it's not in their bodily practice to do that. Yeah. Um, but yoga is, is more than just a physical pro, uh, pro practice and process. It's also an emotional practice. It's not necessarily religious. But it's all about honoring yourself um, and what you need uh, in order to care for yourself and be successful. I think a lot of entrepreneurs forget that. Um, we all often are really passionate about what we do, so it's easy to forget about ourselves in that equation. So the yoga came about because I think it's important for everyone to mentally check in, even if it's not a physical check-in. But there's a little bit of a hint to that, which is a context to my journey, which is I needed yoga in my working soul journey in order to really decompress, remove that constant flux of thoughts that were going in my mind, thinking about this business, this client, this project. Yeah, it's yeah. aspirational for sure, but there's a mental component that has to do with the, the coaching part. Gotcha. And I, I guess you somehow, in some way, shape, or form, even though I am not a client, to be clear here, as anyone and everyone listening, um, <laughs> that is that is something not upfront in terms of, uh, forgive me, poor words here, but yoga isn't your initial default um, answer to every to mm -hmm. everything, client to client. There's a more fundamental approach. Yoga just happens to be one of the more complementary um, items, if you will, or experiences with my working soul. Is that is that okay to say? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I would also interpret it in the context of the the evolution of a business, right? You okay. start as bootstrap okay. team of one. You just need help. You need anything, really. You <laughs> can. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then you move on, and then it's it's your first hire. I can help you with that too. I'm a recruiter. And then once you have those employees, what comes into effect? It's retention. How do you affect, you know, quality retention and keep your employees happy? Work-life balance, corporate offerings that are geared towards uh, boosting employee health, satisfaction, engagement. 
Um, so it's, it's a great a la carte offering to that scaling client of mine that is now at that different stage of their growth. Got it. You know how I promised I wasn't going to shoot from the hip? Yeah. I, I just <laughs> broke that promise right now. Um, Oof, okay, I'm ready. Because <laughs> I, I, you're saying a bunch of stuff right now that made me think and I didn't want to think. So it really just triggered this right now. Um, if, you, if, if I may, may I? Of course. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it is year 2021 and we are not going backwards. I think everyone out there in this room and outside of this microphone can share in this one sentiment in that employment, employer, employee relations are not what they were many years ago. I say this in context to our elders, the elder generations out there that have experienced uh, full-time work, the ones that showed up to the office every day, did their grind for 30 years, got a pension, got that gold watch for so many decades and years of service. It's evident, and I am empirical evidence of being one of these types of people where I go from company to company every few years. Why? Because I'm the one that has to take care of my retirement. I'm the one that has to take care of my salaries. I'm the one that has to take care of my growth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think a lot of people outside of me share in that responsibility for their own unique paths. And the reason why I bring this up right here right now is I need speculation from you. I want speculation from you. That's why I'm framing it in this perspective it's entirely speculation. I want you to fit a square hole or a square peg through a hole, a round hole kind of mentality. Sorry. All right. <laughs> Where do you see all of it in terms of modern day career development, the gig economy, full-time employment, contracting, knowing that I've said these things that are very hard for to do to maintain your own level of retirement, um, pensions are really out the window. The gold watch dream for 30 years of service is out the window. You know, in 2021, moving forward into 2022 onwards, where do you see the state of employers, or where do you see the state of employment, I guess, if you will, in conjunction to everything that you just said, full-time employment, gig economy, all that jazz? What do, you, mm-hmm. what do you see it look like? And say, to button it down a little more, by 2030, Speculation. This is fun. Let's speculate. Yeah. That's a great question. It's a big question. <laughs> That's why I wanted to, I didn't want to say you I didn't have to say you have a failure, which is why I'm framing this as speculation only. But we have to embrace the real variables on hand. Um that this is the way it really works. I mean, it doesn't I don't have to be a rocket scientist to go to LinkedIn.com right now and see the many offerings. So help. Help me. Help me help yeah. you. Help me help employer, employer help themselves. Where do you see it? 2030. So I've given you a body of work of about less than a decade, decade left in all of this stuff. Where do you, this has nothing to do with my working soul, by the way. This is just a broad level assessment when you look from left to right. And I I think it does have to do with my working soul um, in the sense that this is, yeah, this is my area of focus, the, the changing world of work. Um, and, you know, at heart, I'm an optimist. I will always be an optimist. So I think I'm going to lead with that type of perspective, being positive and being optimistic. 
But don't get me wrong, there's definitely more of a pessimistic uh, underbelly to these things. I think we, as a society, um, as, a, as a large community of working souls, need to make mm-hmm. decisions um, about which way we want things to go, because we definitely have space and room in the next 10 years to make key decisions. Um, and it's on the part of employees and employers to make those. Um, leading with a positive, though. I will say that I definitely think it's going to continue that employees will be more and more valuable. We have a historic talent shortage um, in every single industry. It's a huge problem. Um, It's a problem in more ways than one, but on the positive, optimistic side, it gives employees a lot of, you know, value. It gives you a lot of leverage um, to decide where you want to go and what you want to do, even in a traditional W-2, you know, nine to five salaried role. There's a lot of opportunities there. There's new companies coming out all the time. Um, in a post-COVID world, there's a lot of roles that are now 100% remote, and they are going to remain that way. So it gives you a lot more flexibility, a lot more work-life balance. So that's all leading with the positive. A lot of those trends are already in motion. So hopefully that continues. There's a slight underbelly to that, which is there are still some employers that uh, are hearkening back to that on-site model. Um, Mm -hmm. You've probably heard a lot of the people on the podcast have already heard about uh, Apple and Google and their policies in terms of uh, lowering salaries to measure it with where people geographically are. I'm not taking any position on that issue. They're a company. They can do whatever they want to do. Um, But that's kind of the flip side of that leverage coin. So that's still all trending pretty optimistic in my mind. Um, the part that I think is so important to acknowledge, um, and it kind of yields back to how I'm always thinking about my construction recruitment beginnings, right. there's a lot of other people that don't fit in that category of I can work at home. Um, we need to care about those people. We need to care about mm-hmm. the fact that Amazon is developing robotics that will eliminate a lot of jobs for a lot of people. Um, again, no politics around that, but mm-hmm. it's just true that there's going to be this huge population of folks that... Um, maybe they didn't get the traditional education and they need skills training. They need to be connected to opportunities. Um, and I see connecting back to my working soul, you know, big bow tie on this is I want to take that talent pool, empower them, be a part of the facilitation of training by connecting them to an amazing entrepreneur who wants that type of person. Got it. I like the fact that you lead with optimism. And ironically, again, I agree with you, this is not a political side, if you will. But honestly, I don't argue against those big kahunas like the Apples and the Amazons out there doing salary adjustments based on geographic location. I mean, if I were in their shoes, I would probably be making those choices too, saying, hey, this is what we've got to do if we want to support mm-hmm. the remote workforce and the way, the, the way it's trending. Um, that's, that's a whole can of worms in itself. Um, but I do see, I do see that because that, that's pretty much, you know, all things considered at any part of the geography you are on earth, it's not standard of living is not created equal. Um, cost of living is not created equal. So, you know, I could see, I could see on, on both sides why that, that is. And I, I myself don't take a stand for or against it. I can very much see why those choices are being made. So that being said, if I were on the receiving end of that, I have to tell my future self to be a little bit more pragmatic in my choices and understand that this is probably going to be part of the premium I pay for these types of choices I make. 
unless I want to live in San Francisco and get that mm-hmm. salary to justify that. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's a lot to think about. Yeah. And thankfully, I don't have to think about that today, but I might have to think about that tomorrow, <laughs> so you never know. Um, but, wow, that got really deep really fast, so I probably, <laughs> sorry about that. I, got a I love more. that. That's I got a couple of combo more. I love. <laughs> yeah, wow. That one, I think, yeah. I think you're going to have to leave this podcast now because I'm, I'm spent. That one took too much out of me. Um, just kidding. <laughs> An avid reader. Let's talk about you more and uh, decouple just a tiny bit from from my working soul, if you will, just for a minute. Um, sure. You, you just <laughs> explain to me that you're an avid reader. Um, I'm paraphrasing here from your um, intro here. I'm in over my head. No, no, that's me talking about that. You, um, there she is, a writer and voracious reader. Corinne is interested in a wide range of topics, from Victorian literature to the implications of artificial intelligence in a digital economy. Now, Victorian literature is way over my head, so please, I'm not going to think it. I, yeah, you, you don't want to touch that? No? <laughs> absolutely not. I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. I wouldn't know what to do with that. However, Harvey, <laughs> go take that to a different channel because I have <laughs> literature, avant-garde maybe, something like that. I have no idea, but I, I, I don't know. Um, but <laughs> to the implications of artificial intelligence in a digital economy, I want to know why that fascinates you. What on earth does that mean? And what are you reading? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, hold on to your hats here, Mark, because you, you just opened another can of worms. <laughs> so prepare yourself. <laughs> well, I'm glad you didn't open the Victorian literature can. Jeez. Oh, so you we- actually opened that one, too, in a funny oh, way. Um, <laughs> I'll draw the connection line, though. I'll do perfect. it. Um, yeah, perfect. Yeah. I know you can't oh. wait. <laughs> um, but the two concepts are actually linked. So when you talk about the implications of artificial intelligence in a digital economy, that sounds really highfalutin and, and, you know, like newfangled economy. Um, But if you hearken back to the age of Victorian literature, which I do love, um, they were actually going through a similar type of crisis at the time because it was the birth of the Industrial Revolution. Um, And they were considering all of the same topics about new technologies. And there were a concrete group of people called Luddites that were very anti-technology. And they were going around, um, you know, destroying uh, like sewing looms and ruining factory machines and sabotaging technology because their belief was that technology was destructive. And I think you can draw a parallel between that and artificial intelligence now. There's a group of people that might feel threatened by self-driving cars. Mm-hmm. Certainly, it might you know, eliminate certain jobs. But I think there's always a positive. I'm always leading optimistic. Um, there's also really amazing, beautiful things that can come from increased technology. So I, again, fall on no political side of the coin in particular. Right. But I'm always thinking about the implications. <laughs> and that I guess that ties back, that ties back <laughs> directly and indirectly to my working soul because you are studying history essentially that's what you're doing see what I did there yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and see how this can or may repeat itself based on these based on something very significant the industrial revolution which I I remember brushing up on in world history and U.S. history specifically especially all the way to the advent of the T-model Ford and the assembly line with uh, Henry Ford. So all of that is packed in. like you don't know. (laughs) (laughs) 
I know a little bit. I know when you say industrial revolution, but that Victorian literature stuff, that's, mm, yeah, that's way out of my house. <laughs> nope, not going to do that one today. Sorry. Um, some books. <laughs> uh, oh, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so in closing, knowing all of this about you, and there's still so much more to unpack, which we could take to a different day, to a different episode, and a part two, three, and four. Um, you've openly disclosed that, you know, you are multicultural. Uh, ethnic, ethnic background encompasses, and feel free to throw out more if there are more, Japanese, Filipino, German, Irish heritage. That's all there. And in the advent of all that and how you grew up and your upbringing, you're studying languages. Is that, is that true? Is it, yeah. is it, what languages are you studying off and on no. or religiously? Yeah, I've been studying Japanese for 10 years now. Um, I don't think I'll ever be confident enough to say, oh, I'm, I'm so good at Japanese <laughs> because there's so many verb forms. I don't, I don't think it's possible to know all the characters that exist, um, uh, but it's, it's definitely framed my thinking because in Japanese as a language, and I won't go too far down the rabbit hole here, okay. but uh, Japanese as a language has a lot of uh, different honorifics and systems of communication because it's a, they tend to be a lot more formal than Americans, I would say, in their culture. Okay, okay. Um, so that also kind of leads to my approach in business by always leading with respect because I do have that cultural context from other cultures. And then, of course, I need to learn Spanish and practice as hard as I can because I live in San Diego. <laughs> so that's yes, my number yes, two. Yes, but, um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Tagalog as well. Um, Tagalog, I don't have the accents nailed as much as I should <laughs> growing up with a Filipino mother, um, but I'm working on it. I know all the bad words. <laughs> I think I share in that one too, knowing all the bad words and not having the accent down. Um, <laughs> I think really in all fairness to that, and this is probably a different episode in itself, the Filipino culture is very different versus other Asian cultures. This isn't a negative play or a negative narrative, except to say it is different and it must be Upfront, we must be upfront about that because Filipino culture has definitely embedded itself well into American culture, um, where I could definitely say that unlike other Asian cultures, albeit Japanese, like you just outlined right there, Korean, Chinese, you know, the formalities and informalities and intonations and tones and behaviors are still very much left intact. Uh, Filipino culture, we've definitely adapted and embedded very well into being part of the American institution. Um, but again, different story, different day. Whew, that should have been its own like podcast in itself. But <laughs> at any rate, my friend, thank you so much for being here. We've got a lot to cover after the fact. Myworkingsoul.com is obviously the way to get to you. But before we go, any additional ways you'd like people inside of the San Diego Tech Hub community or outside of the San Diego Tech Hub community to reach out to you? Any yeah, other questions, um, <laughs> Nice, Mark. I love the plug. Um, yeah, myworkingsoul.com. I'm myworkingsoul on Instagram. And then, of course, you can find me as Kareen Ishio on LinkedIn. Happy to connect with you. <laughs> you know, and that's how I initially connected with her, was she was one of my recruiters. So, ta-da! That's ta -da. how it all came together <laughs> over time. Other than that, everyone out there, Karen, thank you so much for being here. To everyone out there in the SD Tech Hub community and outward from that in the immediate employment community, if you will, thank you very much for your time. All Web SD, new season is back, starting with My Working Soul. 
And we'll just leave it at that for the moment, not forever. Aloha. Thanks again for listening in. Remember, I'm here to foster innovation through conversation. So if you'd like to continue this discussion or any topics previously discussed, join me at San Diego Tech Hub and go headfirst into the All Web SD group. It's totally free. Just visit this link or click San Diego Tech Hub on the footer of allwebsd.com. Thanks and aloha.